I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens. Today with me, A.J. Bolden. And uh, you are now, what, what's your title with the U? Uh, with the University of Utah Hockey Program, I'm their president and general manager. So the president and general manager. So uh, obviously that comes with a lot of responsibility and a lot of, a lot of work. And it's a volunteer position, right? Correct. Correct. And I know you put so many hours into it. I want to I get into it. I want to find out what's going on with you. And... Uh, I mean, it's rivalry week, so this is a this is a big deal. Absolutely, good, good time to do the podcast. But plus, it's it's. I mean, you've just started practices. Yes, sir. You just had this amazing training camp. I want to talk about that too because that's crazy what you guys do. For, it's uh, it's been good for us. Yeah. So, but first, I want to get to know you and uh, uh, like, where are you from? I'm from Minnesota. What part of Minnesota? I grew up in Rochester. Okay, so you basically probably grew up playing hockey every day. I certainly did. All right. My dad uh, built a rink in the backyard every year and. Uh, all the neighbor guys would come out and kind of got me into it, and, you know, that's history. Yeah. So you grew up, did you play high school hockey there? Uh, I played one year, but chose to vector out a little bit and then got back into hockey once I got here to Utah. So what brought you to Utah? So <laughs> I uh, wanted to go to film school. Okay. And so I... Uh, <laughs> Josh is laughing. Josh, are you a film school guy too? Yeah, so the the sh- half this building is full because we're at KSL where we have you know <laughs> a bunch of cameramen and stuff. So we have a bunch of film guys. That's why you wear hats like that, right? That's I don't know what that hat is. Is that a bolt? What do you call that? A Kango? <laughs> Josh doesn't want to be on the show. He doesn't yeah, want to answer. It's all good. <laughs> well, I uh, a few schools I got into: uh, University of Southern California, University yeah. of Utah, University of Miami, and I remember talking to my dad about uh, USC and. And, you know, this was a while ago, so even then it was super expensive. And, uh, yeah. And I had to get out of Minnesota and, you know, venture out on my on my own, and I ended up here. It was a good compromise for us. So you uh, you start, your, you come in, do you start playing hockey right away? No. Um, I actually, I think when you were playing, I tried out twice, didn't make the team. Oh. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then uh, when I got into grad school, uh, I tried it again because uh, the head coach, uh, Sly Limoges, uh, saw me in a beer league game and asked if I was in school. And I played one year. And then uh, two of the players at the time, Cole Fisher and Elliot Faulkner, oh, yeah. uh, decided to vote me in as president when I wasn't even in the room. Really? Yeah. And then 13 years go by, and here we are. 13 years? Yeah. Holy cow. How old are you? I'm, I just turned 40. Wow, okay. So 13 years of being the, the president that you didn't even ask for. Correct. You were, you were volunteered. Yes, sir. Well, that's crazy. Well, that's cool. And so you, you played one season. Is that right? I or? played two or three. Two I'd or three, I have to okay. look at the stats, but, I mean, that was back right when the team was refounded uh, after their suspension, and we I, – <laughs> I got to experience the – 
I think the, the second game I played, it might have been the first. It was against Weber State. It was when they were D1. And we we squeaked out a win. Uh, however, they outshot us like 72 to 12. Wow. And, wow, uh, and you won that. Yeah. Because uh, I have the opposite. My first ever game, when I first came to Utah, and they're like, hey, we're starting up all these programs, and they're going to be so good. We're going to get all the Utah players. And I got this major guilt trip. Because I was playing junior college in North Dakota and had a, thought I had a path lined up. And I came and jumped into Weber State, and we thought we had a good team because we had all the really good players in in uh, Utah. And uh, we went to Colorado our first game, and I we gave up 104 shots, and and took like five or six. We lost 14 nothing. That's the first <laughs> game my wife had ever seen me play. Lovely. And she's like, "Wow, this guy must not be very good." So yeah, it's it's uh, we don't, there are times that you hit you know, 50, 60, 70 shots, but you don't usually come out on the winning end. Yeah, we've all been there, right? Yep, yep. So you beat Weber, and uh, that's funny because Phil Snyder was going to be here today. Phil was going to be one of the guest hosts today, and he was going to. That was one of the points he's he's going to bring up is that he never lost to the U the whole time he was there. So I'm glad he's not here. <laughs> but yeah. I, I had the privilege of playing for both teams. Like I played at Weber, and then once I was finished there, and I realized I wanted to be a firefighter because I went. And I got I got a degree in criminology. Okay. They're, they're, but I didn't want to be a cop, so I just liked the classes, and so I didn't think that through very well. You Is that why I'm, we have film degrees? Too? That's why we have film degrees. Yeah, <laughs> they're fun classes to take, but man, unless you're one of the chosen few, the jobs are, the jobs are tough. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, uh, I have a film degree. I work in medicine and run the hockey program on on the side. Nice. So I'm a IT engineer up at School of Medicine. I was gonna say you work for the U too, yes, right? Yep. So that's cool. All right, so uh, you become the, the 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 president of the team, and tell me about bringing the team back after the suspension. Well, again, that was my second year. I believe Fred Wilner uh, and Elliot and some of the other guys, Ian McKelvey, probably had a hand in this. Uh, Cole Fisher, they all got the program back up, yeah. uh, along with Ben Wilner, Fred's right. son. And so I came in the second year. And again, I was I was older at the time than I think most of the guys, and I think that's why I got all I got to do all the paperwork. Right, really right, what this right. Was about yep. yeah. So it was it was an interesting time. We had a lot of good a lot of good times, a lot of good stories, if you will. Uh, but you know, we weren't very good, and we didn't have a lot of guys. But you know, every season you got to push forward and and try to make it to the next season, make it better for the next team. Right. So how do you recruit for the U? I mean, it has to be more than just local players now. Correct. Well, you know, it's evolved quite a bit. You know, typically what happened years past, we'd have a lot of guys that would go to juniors, come back, and then want to play, and they would have their choice between, you know, the, four, the big four here in, in Utah. Right. Uh, but now, after we went to Division I, uh, we, we had to really turn on the recruiting game, and it's tough. You know, we successfully had... I believe 16 different states represented last season. Wow. And with the women's team, I think we increased that by one or two two states this year. Uh, we also, uh, good shout-out to Antonio. Uh, he's a, a Me- he's from Mexico and played for the Mexican national team, so we've gone international. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so it's it's been a good time, and um, Antonio Najera is on the team this year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough because we're competing against the likes of Iowa State uh, Minot State, those that those programs that are fully funded by their their universities, and w- 
the only time that we get money is if we lobby for it, and we're capped at six thousand uh, dollars with the University of Utah, and that's a state law, just the way the the whole thing works out. So, you know, it's tough to send guys on planes, you know, coaches recruiting. So we try to be efficient with our funds and. The WSHL has a recruiting camp in Vegas every December. Right. And so we're always down there. And really what we just try to do is, you know, utilize the the communication circles we have, the former coaches, the former players, you know, really embrace the Utah hockey family, if you will, and try and find those, um, those players that are active in their communities. Uh, for example, like Los Angeles has been good for us, both on the men's and the women's side. We get a lot of uh, junior ducks um, and those AAA programs yeah. have been good because you know some kids don't want to go to juniors and that's okay. You know they want to come and uh, find a a good hockey home is what I call it at a, at a university, a big name university. And honestly, like on the men's side, in my opinion, we're competing quite heavily with Division Three. Being from Minnesota, you have a lot of the the smaller D three programs and. For those kids that, you know, they, they may not pay for hockey when they're there, but they're paying more in tuition. Right, a lot more. And a lot of people don't understand that. And, and uh, Chris Como was saying this, too, because he was a phenomenal goaltender. Yes. And he's like, I had, because he played in the mm-hmm. NA, I think. And yes. he had opportunities and offers to go play NCAA Division three, And he said, yeah, but those universities are 60 to 80 grand. And smaller communities. And the, the thing that gets me a lot of leverage with recruits is, hey, you don't have to explain where your degree's from. Right. Right. University of Utah, it's well it's world renowned. Yep. And everybody knows it. The Pac twelve has helped a lot and I think it's only gonna to improve. Right. So explain to me the difference between so that we don't confuse some of the listeners. So you're you're still ACHA, which is the American Club Hockey Association. American Collegiate Hockey Association. All right. American American I should have that. And that's club. And there's Division One and Division Two. There's actually Men's One, Men's Two, and Men's Three. Oh, there is no. Yes. Well, the Men's Three is primarily in um, Michigan, the Midwest, and right, the Northeast. Yeah. Uh, uh, men's Two, I think, is north of 250 teams now, and Division One Men's is is currently at 72, I believe. Wow. And so, just to get this uh, out there. I'm not a big fan of the word club when it comes to hockey. I, I look at it as non-varsity okay. uh, just because, you know, especially in a lot of univer- or university systems, you know, you have the chess club, you have those other, those other organizations. Uh, non-varsity hockey is, is really regulated. There's a lot of teams. There's a huge governing body. We work directly with USA Hockey. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the new... <clears throat> Executive Director of the ACHA, Craig Barnett, uh, he he is uh, also an employee of the NA three or the NA. So we have a lot of uh, connections within the hockey world, uh, and the ACHA is fostering relationships with other organizations like the EUHL, which is a European Un- uh, University Hockey League, and they're really similar to the ACHA, but they have you know teams going to Russia this year and coming back and forth and. You know, there's a there's a huge community out there, and I think it really works well for uh, a lot of the kids that don't um, necessarily want to play or may not have the opportunity to play NCAA. Right. That's uh, yeah, I, and I, you know, 
coming from Utah and having the opportunity to play here was was huge for me. And to be able to play, it was cool to play for Weber, and then it was really cool to play for the U too. It was, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be affiliated with both those, and I, I never would have without hockey. Right. And it, you bring up the knowing where your degree's from. That's one of the weird things about all these other schools that my son looked at or was recruited by. Where you look at them and you're like. Who is what is that? Who and, and he even gets that a little bit with Westminster, where he he started playing, and uh, it's it does make a difference. And the University of Utah for an in-state is like eleven grand, right, or ten grand or something. I mean, it's not expensive, and it's not that expensive out-of-state tuition either. Yeah, and the the best part is the uni- or university in the state of Utah have set up a really awesome system for gaining uh, your residency. You come in, you get a driver's license and a phone bill, prove your residence for 12 months and you get in-state tuition no questions asked wow and so that's the one thing that for all of our staters we've really been focusing on is making sure that they understand that process and you know as a recruiting organization both on the men's and the women's side it's been huge like bringing all of those other folks from different areas of the country and they come in they love the mountains they love to ski and, you know, since I'm not paying for their school, you know, they're able to do those extra activities. Right. And it's, I think it's a good fit for yeah. a lot of folks. Yeah, for sure. So you go out and that's, um, where do you, where would you think, like, if you had to pick one thing that you're definitely going to say, all right, that's where we're going to go recruit. Is it going to LA or is it, is it that WSHL tournament? Where are you getting the most turnover? I'd have to look at the paperwork. Or is it just pretty spread out? It's spread out. I mean, we get some kids straight out of high school, like the prep leagues in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Those have been good. Uh, Really going to try and focus on the Northeast. And, you know, the WSHL has a lot of good players too. It just is crazy to me that uh, there's a disconnect. Because you would think all these Ogden Mustangs would automatically go to Weber because they already love the building. They already love the – but there's a disconnect between those programs. And uh, you got. It seems like you'd let the outliers do a lot of the, of your recruiting for you. Is that is there does that work for you or no? Is that I think trying to find and it might sound a little repetitive, but trying to find good hockey homes for for everybody. I don't really have any issues with anybody. I, I want I want all these programs no. to to see us as you know the the next step for them and. As you know, ACHA, otherwise known as club hockey in certain communities, has had a bad rap. You know, it's, I want to go, you know, show up when I want to, practice when I want to, but at the ACHA Division I level, that's not what it's about. I mean, these kids are committed. They're making college decisions based on the hockey programs. And, you know, we lost a, a recruit to Central Oklahoma this year. We lost a recruit to uh, Arizona State. And, you know, these these kids are making that decision based on the hockey. Okay. And, uh, I mean, the Mustangs are great. The Outliers are great. I think, you know, building those relationships is important. And as a basic volunteer organization, sometimes we could obviously do more, but we're just limited on, you know, time and, and financing. So how are you looking this year? How, like uh, you got some hot recruits coming in? Yeah, we've been we've been successful. I think uh, we're really happy with where we're at, and uh, I can't I can't be more excited for both the men's and the women's. As you know, we're a first year, uh, first and only ACHA program here in the state of Utah for the women's division one. Yeah. So what what drove that first? I don't I don't want, want to get off track with how the team's doing, but what drove getting the women's team? What I think it's just about growth, and for our organization, 
trying to to lead by example here and try and find good hockey homes for as many athletes as we can and you know getting to the point where we're bringing in 25 30 women 25 30 men that just makes hockey better for the state it makes it um, more advantageous for the youth uh, the youth teams out there knowing that they don't necessarily have to leave utah in order to find a place to play no and so uh, I was listening to your episode with Shannon Schmidt, yeah. and I, you guys were talking about the high school league, and sometimes you know it depends on the quality, and there's a wide variety of players. And you know, I grew up in Minnesota. The high school tournament there is awesome, so like, much fun, yeah, phenomenal. It's phenomenal, and you know, it's a way of life up there. And I think hockey can can prove to be a, a real asset for the winter, winter sports community that we live in. Yeah, I agree 100. percent Obviously, I do, but, but you know, we're you and I are biased. Yeah, um, and I, I, I've got Morgan in next week, so we're gonna we're gonna talk more about the women's program and what how much work has gone into that and Perfect. getting it. And I, but uh, getting back on your on your team and and with the men, so I know the goaltending. I know who you've got in goal. You've got you got Patty Casper. Yep, and you've got uh, Jake Slaw. Jake Slaw and Landon Anderson. Yes, right? another Murray kid. Yep, and then uh, Slaw. So these are all goalies that that. Uh, I've known for a long time, and that, it's awesome that all three of them are Utah that all have left and got experience elsewhere and yeah. come back, and they're solid goaltenders. There's so gonna, that's that's got to help. There's going to be a battle. Yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, I was hoping there was going to be another name in there since my son transferred over there, but man, he just has no interest in playing. I mean, he has interest in playing hockey, but he just yeah. he's so busy with with his uh, with his studies that he's just. That's okay. He's, he's afraid to commit to anything else. Well, sometimes you just got to take a little time off and you get the bug again. So. Yeah, yeah. I think he always has the soccer bug. But uh, so the goaltending is solid. I agree. So who's going to be scoring the goals this year? What, what do you got for forwards? Ooh, well, we got a lot of forwards. I'm going to pull up a little cheat sheet here. Okay. Just Because uh, I, I know you, ha- you had some from last year and then – I got to go to, to more games last year than obviously hosting the podcast helps because now I have got I can tell the wife I'm like you know what I have to go for work I have to go I, gotta, I get more hockey it's not just my hockey three nights a week anymore well it sounds like uh, she needs season tickets to Utah hockey as well <laughs> she's uh, she's more than paid her dues and going to to Utes games and Weber games and sure yeah watch me sit the bench for the Grizzlies she's more than <laughs> now she just says no oh, I love you have a good time don't not coming. But uh, all right, so who's scoring goals this year? Uh, well, we got Joey DiBenedetto back, okay. uh, yep. and Alex King, our captain. We both lost. Uh, we both we lost them both uh, early in the season last year. One broken shoulder, one broken foot. Oh, um, uh, King's been our captain. He's a he's an amazing leader uh, on the ice and off the ice. Uh, we also picked up uh, Chayland Akusic. Yeah, uh, this year, uh, along with a, a huge host of other folks, uh, Wyatt Light's returning, uh, Brett Myers returning. Uh, I mentioned Antonio Najera earlier. Uh, then we got Matt Perry, another veteran. Ashton Romero, another local kid. Oh yeah, I know Ashton. Uh, Andrew Urch, and I can't leave anybody out here. Else, or I'm going to get <laughs> a lot of grief at practice today. Um, Oh, another great pickup for us was Otto Chow. He played for us two years ago. He was uh, straight out of high school, decided to go play juniors for a year, and now he's back. And so I think uh, we're looking really good up front and really good at the decor, too. Well, Che's got to be kind of a – I mean, that's just a, a wrapped gift. 
Because yes. he was a scholarship NCAA Division One player. Correct. And uh, all of a sudden he's going to the U. Yeah, I uh, I didn't ask a whole lot of questions. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> Just uh, get him signed up and get him yeah get him registered. Drive drive him there if you have to. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's good. And funny story on Che. We were playing a men's league this summer, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm a goalie, and Che actually broke my broke my hand in in, <laughs> in men's league this summer, and uh. so I had to have surgery, put a pin in. Uh, so that was a whole fun thing, and I di- I didn't hear that part. I got the phone call when you got hurt. They're like, "Hey, can you finish out the seasons?" Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know you were really that hurt. I thought you were just out a pin yeah. and everything, huh? Absolutely. And so uh, when Shay called and asked about the team, we were able to uh, find a spot for him, and here we are. Oh, that's cool. And that's it's. I think uh, I, I think it's amazing what you guys have been able to do because when. Uh, when I played for the U, or when the when it started back up, that was the second time already that the U had had a team, and we had some really good support. Um, Roger Corrier and uh, Jim Jorgensen, who was like the head of the the U Med, right. like he was like the big dog up there. And I think without, he was with pharmacy. Yeah. yeah, and well, it was so crazy because when I I uh, I had just finished paramedic school, so this was two thousand one. And I ran into him up there, and he's like, oh, what are you doing? And I said, oh, you know, I'm going to put in my, my application for AirMed because I just wanted to apply and go through the process. Sure. You know, you had to have three years, and I, I just wanted it as a stepping stone. And uh, it's just practice as a paramedic. So I knew I was not eligible and should not be considered is what, you know, what it was. Even though fresh out of paramedic school, you think that would be the best time to go do it because you're, you're fresh on all your stuff. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's great. That's great to hear. And then and I was I was in a fire engine at the time. So we, we were just dropping off a patient, dropped off my application, got back in the fire engine, and we're driving by behind the back of the U, and I got a text message from uh, from the U offering me the job. So that's how much power that guy had up there. I didn't take it, obviously, and I definitely didn't I didn't deserve it because those, those Air Med guys are unreal. But uh, – it's uh, it's cool to see that, that all those guys were behind it, and then there was a speed bump in eligible players. There was an incident at Arizona or whatever that made them drop the program, and then to bring it back again. And you worry when you see something like that happen. It's It was there, it was gone, it was there, and it's gone. And then you've brought this consistency that that's what makes makes you guys able to go Division One, and that's what makes you guys able to build is is the people like you that go behind it and do all the work and get none of the credit and none of the glory, but it's it's amazing to see. And I just I just want to tell you as a as a former player for the program, thank you for bringing the stability. Thank you for allowing me. I mean, it's been a lot of work, and but a lot of a lot of good folks have been behind it, and it's it's a team effort. And and I, and I think a lot of the guys that uh, I, I think a lot of the, those people that have come through it would thank you as well, and 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 all the other people that are like I don't know who you're, um, you know, who, who else is involved with it anymore. Because uh, don't you have to have somebody on staff up there behind it? Uh, we're we're governed by Campus Rec, and we work closely with them. We work closely with the trademark office, making sure that we do follow the rules. Right. And we've we've really cultivated those relationships and making sure that we are leading by example. And I think that's where um, making sure that you know all the paperwork's done, all that stuff, and we travel charter on, on buses now and making sure that there's no responsibility on the guys. And Oh, really? That was part of the most fun was driving the vans. That was so cool that they gave us vans to drive. And Yeah, well, I, uh, 
I, I guess maybe that maybe that's the, not the part that was supposed to be fun. Maybe that was part <laughs> of the, the issue. Yeah, and I think I think it's more comfortable for the parents that are sending their kids here to make sure that you know we're doing it right. Yeah, and uh, our program, you know, th- those things cost money and it's expensive to run a program, and it's uh, I think the guys get a good value out of it. Was there an issue with you guys wearing the drum and feather? No, not at all. So we were, I think, in 2013, the trademark allowed us to use it, and then what's going on at the university? Um, well. So 2013, we start using it. 2015, they inform us that we have to phase it out. And so we had a four-year deal. Trademark worked with us on it. Um, And uh, shout-out to Brett and Richard and Chase and Joe. They they made it really good for us because we were allowed to use the the new Interlocking U logo. And a little unknown fact is we actually debuted it before the football team did. Oh, okay. And so I think that community up there is working really well. And so the university is really just trying to limit the use because for us, if we had to, uh, if the, the agreement with the tribe changed tomorrow, then we would have to stop using it that day. So it's more of a a planned uh, phase out uh, for us just because of the financial side of it. Uh, but there's really no reason uh, for 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 us to stop using it, except that they asked us to do it, and yeah, I think you're going to comply to whatever. Yeah, and we're trying. You know, the University of Utah is one giant team, right? And I think those those folks that have those relationships with the tribe, they know more about it than than we do, and yeah. I think it's uh, it's just good to to work with within the system. It's great to see that uh, one of the few schools that got to keep the you know, using a tribe and, and, and being something from a tribe. And it's interesting to, because, uh, you know, I did have time with North Dakota and I and I do get feedback there and I do get feedback from the Sioux tribes there. And, and sure. see, there's still a battle. You have Sioux tribes that are suing the NCAA right now because they say they're being discriminated against the other way because they're not allowed to be an NCAA logo. And so it's it's such a mess over there. It's just good to see that, uh, everything's going well here for the U, and and uh, we're excited about what's going on. So when is the first game? So we open the season September 18th, I believe, at BYU. Uh-huh. And then we open at home. We'll be on the road for a few weeks, and then we open at home uh, October 18th. Uh, we host Weaver State. Okay. How many games a season do you guys try to get in? We... Generally, roll uh, in between thirty and forty games. Okay, and it just depends on the travel schedule. When we moved to Division One, we were on the road a lot. I yeah. think we logged over sixteen thousand miles that year, and it's tough, you know, making sure that kids keep their grades up and uh, that they 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 get the right balance between the student and the athlete. And we all know the student comes before the athlete, right? And, as it should. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we graduate most of our guys. Uh, our team GPA runs about uh, 3.1, nine guys on the dean's list every se- single semester. I don't know how that happens, but it's always eight or nine. Uh, and this year what we're focusing on travel is just more regional stuff, uh, Colorado, Arizona. And with UNLV moving up to D1, Grand Canyon's been added this year. Oh, wow. And so there's a lot of growth in the West and we're really trying to get those other Pac-12 schools, which there are 11 hockey teams in the Pac-12. Uh, the majority of them are at uh, Division Two, and then there's four Division One, and then again, this is ACHA D1, Colorado, uh, Arizona, 
Arizona State, and Utah are all part of the Pac-12 with ACHA Division One programs. And there is talk. I don't, I don't know how legit the talk is, and you tell me what you've heard. Uh, teams like USC, Oregon, Arizona looking for NCAA programs. I think there's a huge push both from the NCAA, the NHL, uh, the NHLPA trying to get some of those big name schools into the NCAA because uh, I think it would fit. I mean, you got a lot of hockey in Southern California. Yep. You got professional teams, you got AHL teams, and the missing ingredient for them is an NCAA program. Yeah, because I mean, those youth teams that you're talking about before, the Junior Kings, the Junior Ducks, those yep. are good programs. Absolutely. Like, we ran into some, uh, some windmills with those teams. <laughs> the teams I've coached here, the Junior. Grizzlies or Junior Ducks or not Junior Ducks, the Junior Eagles. When we play the Junior Ducks, it's some of those teams are stacked. Yeah, with uh, names like Niedermeyer. Absolutely. So we got uh, two two come to mind: Wyatt Light and Guy Petrie, all all through those systems. So it's uh, it's good because they they understand the value of the academics and that hockey is can be a part of their life. And sometimes, uh, you know, I knew pretty early that I wasn't going to be an NHL goalie. Yeah. So what can you do? Is it is it too far fetched? I mean, it, it seems like it would just fit at the U to have an NCAA program. I uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, we we've been working on a lot of different plans, uh, trying to get that done. And uh, where there's a will, there's probably a way. And at this point, um, we're gonna have to probably pull an ASU and find an angel angel donor. Find it out. Yeah. What kind of money are we looking for that? So. Every conversation that I had with the former athletic director, Chris Hill, um, he always mentioned that we needed basically 10 years' worth of uh, scholarship money in the bank. Okay. And then you'll need operational costs, salary costs, things like that. Uh, And so put money, you know, put the formula in, 18 scholarships, 10 years, you know, and then if – because our plan is to – do what we can to deliver an NCAA program on a platter to the university, and that's that's one of the reasons why I think um, women's hockey is great for us as well. Yeah, because then we can we can you know find a hockey home for these kids and and just and grow it and just be an example. I'm excited to see. It. I, I hope something like that really happens. I'm excited for uh, the growth of the game, and I got to tell you, when I went I, I went to uh, Pure Hockey yesterday to get my skate sharpened. And when I walked in there, there was a mom and her daughter getting equipment. There was a uh, like a 30-year-old female getting equipment. And then another goalie walked in with his daughter to get some gear. So there was me and then three people getting si- th- three girls getting sized up for gear. That's awesome. Which I thought, I, I think that's the only time that I've ever been in there to see that many women in there and, uh, and see them just all getting into the game. And I, and I, I just... I'm excited about it. We've seen, again, that's something that's come and gone and come and gone, and it looks like now it's just there's growth, and there's, like with Shannon, like you heard that that uh, interview, it seems like we've got commonality, and we've got like-minded people going for the same goals, which is just grow the game and get people, uh, uh, you know, more opportunities to play the game. Sure. And make these programs better. Absolutely. And stop sending all of our top kids to Colorado. Let's keep them here. All the way. I couldn't agree with you more. All right. 
Well, we're excited for the season, and uh, we're going to be covering the season this year with the Utah Puck Report. We're going to be coming out, and uh, we'll do video stuff, and we'll interview your – you have a new coach? I, I didn't get to that part. You, tell me about your you, – you have a new coach. Yeah, so Bo Bertinoli is now the head coach for the men's program, and we uh, also have a gentleman named Cooper Lim who was uh, an awesome player up at Utah State, and he was at Oregon for a couple years as their assistant, and – he came back down here, uh, and he is now our assistant coach. And uh, Utah hockey alum Pete Gibb is moving from L.A. back to Park City. and uh, He is? Will be one of our coaches as well. I had no idea Pete was coming back. We were just we were going to have him on the show uh, next week. Ben was trying to – we were trying to coordinate having him on. I had no idea he was coming back. Yes, sir. Uh, that's very cool. And Cooper, that's I, – when I, I still see Cooper as just a little guy. I, I haven't seen him as an adult. Maybe that's why. And that's cool to see Bo. Like Bo's a former player, right? Yes. And yeah. So that's that's good. He's uh, it's good to see these guys coming back and being able to contribute as coaches. Absolutely. And the, the cool thing for this this season is, uh, <clears throat> you buy a season ticket with us, you get both set of games, men's, women's. You can come, go, whatever. There's 32 hockey events this 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 winter. Includes uh, skate with the team uh, and, and a lot of cool other things that we're doing. Uh, in addition to, we're hosting the Wasatch Cup again this year. Cool. That was a tournament that uh, we started uh, back in 15. And then we're also going to host the Western Women's Collegiate Hockey League Championships. And so, and because we will be a member this year, and we put in a bid for to host that tournament, and that'll be the last weekend in February. Wow. So that'll be the, the best teams in the West coming to Salt Lake and uh, – Battling it out for an auto bid to nationals. So, what does season tickets start at? Uh, for students, they, I think it's the ninth day of the semester, which means they're nine bucks. Oh, okay. Uh, and they'll go up to ten dollars tomorrow, and then they'll cap out at I think fifteen or twenty. Uh, and again, that's for thirty-two games. Uh, for staff, for employees and staff, they're seventy-nine bucks. But again, that's for thirty-two events, and then for just. Uh, for adults, I think they're ninety nine bucks. Okay, and how do you find those? They're uh, tickets at utahhockey.com. Utahhockey.com. Okay. Well, AJ, thank you so much for coming in and kind of telling us the story. And and uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what we're going to find out about the U this year and see how these these players are. We want we didn't talk about the defense, so we're going to have to get in and talk about them. And love to. And uh, we'll we'll see how they're doing during the season. And uh, I'm excited to see the games. Yeah, we're and, really excited too. I think it's a uh, I think we're finally getting to the point where you know the the three or f- the three years in Division One has been a battle, and we're finally starting to see those uh, those battles pay off. Yeah, I think so, and I, I'm excited to see how it's going to go this year. And uh, if you're excited as well about hockey coming up this year, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It's super simple. All you got to do is text the word puck to five seven five hundred. You can also jump on kslsports.com and uh, just go to the little link that says podcast. We're right there with all Scott Mitchell's podcasts. And, uh, you know, I guess we've got other guys. How many podcasts does the other guy have now, too? Five. <laughs> we have a lot. We have some guys that get a lot of podcasts. All I know to talk about is hockey. I don't, I don't want a cooking one. Or, <laughs> I guess I do eat a lot. <laughs> all I want to talk about is hockey. So, anyway, that's how you do it. And, AJ, once again, thanks so much for being on the show. Couldn't be happier to be here. Thank and, you, uh, thank you for supporting uh, hockey in the state of Utah. I love it. Hey, I even wore this is a it, do, it doesn't look like it, but this is a University of Utah football shirt. 
from uh, from one of the games, but it's purple. Yeah. That way, I keep both my loyalties to my universities. Go Utes! Uh, go Utes! And uh, that's it. That's the Utah Puck Report.